Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, we're here on Southside Sox podcast, number 19. It's devoted to the Hall of Fame, and with me to discuss the Hall of Fame ballot for 2021, Southside Sox and the larger baseball writers ballot, it's Crystal O'Keefe, making her first uh, appearance on the Southside Sox podcast. Thank you for hopping on, Crystal. Appreciate having you with me here. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. We're going to just, we're going to dig into that ballot. Let's start off, given your background, Crystal is a relatively new member of the Southside Sox team. Her prior piece for us at Sports Illustrated uh, addressed a fascinating piece, a t- actually a terrific piece, uh, and it sort of addressed uh, becoming a White Sox fan, I guess a transition from one side of town to another. So I suppose, given that as a background, by the way, that story will be linked below uh, let's address the guy who does sort of bridge both sides of town on this ballot, and that's Sammy Sosa. Your thoughts generally about Sammy and then about his Hall of Fame candidacy. I love Sammy Sosa. I have always loved Sammy Sosa. 1998, Home Run Derby, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, like that was a great time to be alive and a young baseball fan. He's just, he's great. I forgive him for being kind of weird in the later years. Um, I, he will always be a Hall of Famer in my heart, whether he actually makes it to the Hall or not. So he will always be on my val- ballot, no matter what. Like, I I adore him. I forgive him. I love him. 
And you know his 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 you know his numbers support a legitimate candidacy. Now, of course, you can you know dig into, and this is stuff we're going to get into in the second half of the podcast. But you can dig into some of the ways he got those numbers, and those are legitimate questions. It's interesting sentiment, and I guess you would put yourself in that generation of fans. I consider them uh, this generation of younger fans, which to me you are crystal, but you know, there are people who really make the argument to say that based on the fact that he and McGuire and the home run race in 1998 sort of saved baseball, which I think is a bit overblown, but obviously spiked interest and got people back in maybe faster than they would have post uh, strike lockout uh, that that merits it um, in and of itself. And you know that, so then in that sense, him and McGuire, whose, whose numbers are generally similar uh, are sort of married in that quest for the hall. And, um, I, uh, he's on my ballot as well. Um, I'm not nearly as tickled by Sammy Sosa and who he is and, you know, Hammy Sammy and all that. However, you know, I mean, at, at some point you just got to say, all right, this is what the numbers say. Uh, and, you know, f- for me on a ballot that still has more than 10 viable Hall of Fame candidates, uh, you know, he's a guy who squeezes in for me. So let's spill into that and that is more of your philosophical feeling about the ballot which by the way i should mention we are running uh this week we're running our south side Sox hall of fame again this has been many many years i've run it now for the fourth year it was running on south side Sox before i came around uh and please vote we've got some real good participation uh early on but continue to vote you only have until uh i'll say late on thursday to get your uh, uh ballot in right now it does not appear we have any inductees, but uh, that can change. <laughs> so, Crystal, um, big hall, small hall, medium hall, people have some strong feelings about this. Obviously, we've seen ballots public out there that have, like, one name on them, which seems preposterous. I don't know why you're, you're participating in this, if that's the case. But are you more a, a bigger hall person, small, medium? Or where do you fall there? I, I like it a little smaller. I prefer to... I mean, I like the idea of 10 and under just because it makes it that more special. It makes it that harder to get in. Like, I feel like your numbers, your character, your ranking, like all of that should just really factor in. And I think it should be a little more difficult to actually get into the hall. That way it would make it a lot more special for players that really, truly deserve that honor. So I'm more of a small hall kind of person, honestly. What do you, uh, you know, without naming your ballot, uh, how many people would you, in this election, where I've already said, there's, I think there's more than 10 you know, candidates, and then there's even some tricky ones like Kurt Schilling, who on the field is totally legitimately a Hall of Famer, and off the field, he's uh, a jag bag. But, uh, you know, there's 10, clearly more than 10 candidates in my book. In yours, is it is it close to ten? Is it you know more like the five area? We've seen some people put their in the comments here in in our story, uh, and you know share their ballot. And I've seen as as few as maybe four or five. Uh, where do you fall there? I would say there are definitely five people that I kind of selected that I feel definitely deserve it. And then there are probably about four that I'm just like, you know what? I think you deserve a vote. Maybe let you sweat it out a couple of years. But you at least deserve my vote, so you're not going in with zero on the table. Yeah, and that. So and, I think I picked about nine people. That's a pretty good transition into the next candidate I want to talk about, and that's Mark Burley, who's obviously a very popular candidate on Southside Sox. And in my book, 
the epitome of a borderline candidate. Uh, I think he's an easy guy to round up and in, but I can act, I see people saying, especially on a ballot that's a, a little bit more stacked than in, in theory it will be in the future, I can see people leaving him off. I did. Uh, a lot of voters so far have not. He's got an enormous amount of support for a guy who is, I think, best case, borderline uh, candidate. Where do you fall on a guy like uh, Mark Burley, who I think fits your definition of a guy who might not necessarily have the, the numbers, and certainly doesn't, that other players have, but then he has some of these things like a no-hitter and a perfect game and an incredible personality that might round him up for you. Does he fall into that category for you? He, yeah, he absolutely does. I think he has the heart. I think he has the skills, um, the integrity, the character. I, I think he could make it one day. Do I think it's going to be the next two years? No. I hope he's still on the ballot. I hope he makes it one day. But I think it's time for a few others to shine before he does. So he would make my kind of, I like you. I would put you there for <laughs> sympathy. But do I think you're going to go in this year? No, sorry. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a lot of, I believe the last I looked, maybe about a third, at least a quarter of the ballots have been made public already. And you sort of use that. Um, um, not Mr. Tibbs does the, uh, he does all the tracking. And I think that's a, a fair barometer of, you know, how things are going. For example, you know, Sheeling is right on the border of making it now, which is horrifying. But uh, Burley clearly with the early public votes uh, does make it seem uh, completely legit that on the baseball writers ballot that he is going to make that 5% cut to survive, which, you know, for some of these borderline guys, you know, they make that first, leap for a year or two. And then, you know, then, you know, a guy like Tim Raines, there's been a number of people who uh, Larry Walker makes in his 10th year with that slow building momentum uh, where people, you know, where word gets out, you know, word's going to get out more about Mark Burley, who a guy though playing in Chicago, a lot of people don't know a ton about given the fact that he really played almost exclusively with the, with the White Sox and the other teams he played for weren't exactly, you know, the Yankees and the Dodgers. Uh, and that's a guy who, who might see his case build, you know, over time because he does have this sort of quirky case, legitimate numbers, but then also no hitter, perfect game, a streak of, of, of batters retired, uh, just weird sliding on a tarp. You know, the guy's sort of nuts too, you know, uh, and I'm, sh and I'm sure the, the uh, writers, you know, which this plays a factor in they're they're the ones largely voting, you know, I'm sure generally had good relationships with him, which, which, which doesn't hurt, shouldn't come into play really, but you know, you know, it does. Um, and you know, uh, let's, we're going to take a little break, but then we're going to get into some of the more problematic uh, names on this ballot, guys who maybe didn't get along with the press so well. So we're going to take a real quick pause on the podcast. You're going to maybe hear a message or two. If you're watching the video, eh, just shut your eyes for a second. Uh, we'll be back in uh, just a minute. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, Brett Valentini back here with Crystal O'Keefe, Southside Sox podcast number 19. We are addressing, this one is exclusively addressing, though there's tons of other things going on in baseball today, and not many of them real good, but let's just focus on the Hall of Fame ballot. And unfortunately, as we're focusing on the Hall of Fame ballot, we've come to the portion of this podcast where we're going to have to address some of those uglier things. And let's start with the two absolutely legitimate on-the-field candidates for the Hall of Fame who should have been in first year, if not for questions surrounding them and their character and how they got there and how they got their numbers. And to me, that's Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, two guys who I do continue to vote for for the Hall of Fame, but I certainly understand a lot of people are vocal in the comments who say they will not. Uh, anyone touched with uh, PEDs, they will not vote for. To me, the line's a little arbitrary. And where do you fall there, Crystal? This is where I say I can get a little hypocritical because I hate problematic people on this ballot <laughs> that I would never in a million years want to vote for. But they were fun and they were excellent. And yeah, maybe they did some shady stuff and it affected their um, career, but I still think they deserve it. I would still vote for both of them. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are both on my ballot um, because they're amazing. And again, a lot of this goes back to this is my childhood as a young baseball fan is watching these guys and thinking, oh my gosh, they are incredible. Barry Bonds is amazing. Um, so do I think what they did was right with taking any kind of steroids? Absolutely not. Do I think maybe there should be a clause or something now going forward in the rules saying, you know what, if you're going to be coming onto the ballot first year and you have taken steroids, you should just be disqualified. But these guys that have been on the ballots for years and years and some that are already in the Hall of Fame, do I think they should be disqualified? Absolutely not. Yeah, they paid their price, so. Yeah. yeah, and to be fair, these are guys who would have been using at best um, at the at the transition from when it became like a wink-wink thing, like the Maguire, let's call it the Canseco era, where it was just like, oh, hey, look at this thing. Well, what's that thing in your locker, Mark Maguire? Oh, it's creatine. What's creatine? You know, to guys like Alex Rodriguez, who's coming on the ballot next year, who have tested, who, who, who admitted using during that like okay time, I guess, <laughs> legal time, but then also got caught a couple of times after that. You know, there are people who even draw the line there that say, hey, um, like the the BC, uh, oof, you know, okay, nasty, but all right, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't illegal or something. And then, you know, people say, okay, after, you know, in this century, are you kidding me? You, you, you know, you knew, you know, the Manny Ramirez's, uh, the Alex Rodriguez's, and, you know, of course, we'll, We'll talk about them next year. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, Barry Bonds, you know, personally, he's my very favorite player in Pittsburgh. He's my favorite player, all time favorite player. And the fact that he turned into what he did in pursuit of what he was pursuing when he was already, I mean, everybody's made the, the comment that he was a hall of famer before he even signed with San Francisco and decided he had to catch up and surpass Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire because they were getting such adulation and attention and, 
commercials. Uh, I don't know why you make that decision. And, you know, and, and I think it's fair to say, listen, if these guys get in and maybe it's borderline this year, it doesn't seem like either will uh, with the baseball writers. It definitely doesn't seem like they will with uh, the Southside Sox vote. Uh, But it'd be fair that if, and when they get in that there's a notation made on the, the plaque. The plaques are getting wordier and wordier anyhow. And I don't think it's unfair to say that, you know, these guys, uh, you know, took, you know, whatever, took PEDs or, you know, played in an era or something that, that acknowledges the fact that the stratospheric numbers that you see at the top of the plaque, well, you know, here's the reason why. So I, I think we're sort of in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to a couple guys. Um, one of whom is, is, I call him a borderline candidate, but I don't think Omar Vizquel is even even a borderline candidate, frankly, you know, based on the numbers. Kurt Schilling, on the other hand, is 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 as legitimate as you're going to get for his on-the-field performance. I mean, he's a step below Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, but he's an absolute legit Hall of Famer who just, for me, as I even said in the article, the long piece that uh, precedes the ballot, uh, that up until this year, I still kept him on my ballot, despite all his crap, killing journalists and this and that, and that all all of his, his his litany of nonsense. But actually supporting insurrection and encouraging it against the United States and the politi- the elected politician in the United States. Actually, again, I think before we even went on, I admit I'm a little embarrassed that that was somehow the bridge too far for me. But hey, you got to pick one. For me, it was, and though I had supported him for his, I think, eight prior ballots, uh, I can no longer do that. So I will turn the camera over to you, Crystal, and, and let both these guys have it because I know I don't. I'm going to sense that you're not really feeling either one of their candidacies. No, no, absolutely not. Never. Um, yes, Kurt's numbers are there. Yes, he was a phenomenal player on field. But when you think about the ballot and part of what goes into that, you know, they say character, they say integrity on top of their on field, you know, how they played, what they did in their career. And I don't think it's fair that you don't factor those things in. And this is kind of, this is going to be my own little tangent about why voting should be more open to people that are not just middle-aged cis white men, sorry to see who I'm talking to, but still, this is why, you know, there should be more women. There should be more, you know, people in the LGBTQ community voting. This is why other people should be voting. Like, hey, hire me to do this. Like, I write about baseball. I know my stuff. I'm a girl. I would never in a million years, vote for someone who has proven to be racist, transphobic, just a bigot. I'm sorry, but I'm calling it as I see it. I would never vote for someone who has even done half of the things that he has, said half of the things that he has. I just, there's no room for him in the hall if you want to bring in character and integrity. And I will say the same thing about Omar. I'm sorry, you have abused women. I don't care if this was something that came out after a divorce. You are a domestic abuser. You have no right to be honored in a very prestigious place. I mean, I 
I suffer a lot watching baseball as a woman. I said earlier about everything that happened with the Mets GM just this morning. We, we have to constantly, constantly overlook things that happen in sports. We have to look past sexual assault. We have to look past harassment. We have to look past abuse and just demeaning of women and, you know, non-binary people. So I'm sick of compartmentalizing all of this. Um, I will say, you know, 2016 World Series, I was donating a lot of money to domestic violence organizations. Anytime Chapman was even up, you know, anytime he would come in as a reliever, I was donating money. They got a ton of money from me because I felt so guilty about wanting this team to do something while he was still on it. I felt the same way with Addison Russell, which is why, you know, I hate the Cubs now because he was just such a piece of human garbage. And so men like that, men that do things to women, I can't support no matter what. I don't care what your numbers look like. I, I can't support you. I can't do it for my mental health. Like, you guys are garbage. Um, So those two are super problematic and I don't care what your numbers are. I will never support those two ever. There's an argument made. um, Ty Cobb's a big one, but you know, a number of people, um, Pete Rose and his ongoing fight to be in the hall of fame uh, who isn't there. But I mean, certainly there are garbage people. Cap Anson is the worst of all. Cap Anson makes uh, uh, Ty Cobb look, you know, like a choir boy. Um, but that's not the point. I mean, I get it that the character clause is very fluid, subject to interpretation. You're going to see it a way that I'm going to see it a little differently, and that other guy's going to see it differently, and that other girl's going to see it differently. Fine. Uh, but the fact that they're already cast in bronze uh, doesn't mean that today we shouldn't be smarter about it, and it doesn't necessarily mean we 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 we, we Throw the camera completely to the opposite, where the, you make a single misstep and you know you're, you're gone for good. But there is a way to strike a balance, and and certainly, as you mentioned, having a, a certainly more diverse uh, electorate, which means a diver- a more diverse workforce uh, in broadcasting and in sports writing um, and in sports managing. Uh, will help with that. So, I mean, we're going to get there. We certainly, um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we can, based on a lot of ballots I've seen, (laughs) we can't put the pedal to the metal and change it like that. But obviously we're on that track and that's good that we're having awareness. We can even have this discussion uh, and not just say, well, Omar Vizquel doesn't have the numbers and that's why I didn't vote for him. Well, no, there are additional factors that if, you know, if Mark Burley maybe gets, gets the yes based on some of these, off-field or character issues. Well, maybe if Omar was borderline, and we're going to have those candidates where they truly are borderline, well, maybe maybe it's going to be easier for me to say, well, no, maybe other people still say, oh, yes, you know, he needs my vote. Fine. You know, I mean, it, it, it is a vote. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> with Kurt Schilling, not to reduce this to a joke at all, but the, the truth is he's stupid. All he's got to do is shut his freaking mouth for like a year. You know, I mean, there's going to be enough people are going to say, hey, I remember what you said back and, you know, they're going to dig it all up as they should. But just don't actively be a guy you don't want to vote for. I mean, he loses my vote for just being an idiot. I mean, on top of everything else. Yeah. My goodness, you can't just shut your mouth 
for your last shot. I mean, I, I believe this is his ninth year. He may squeak yeah. in because things people weren't even aware of his latest indiscretions until they'd already cast their ballot. But this is his last shot because next year, I mean, like we've seen with Omar, with the revelations about him, uh, I think pretty much torpedoing and he can't, whatever we can't, I mean, he had momentum. His candidacy was weak, but he had momentum because he's a good guy and uh, whatever, you know, whatever the reasons are, you know, he could field well, whatever, played a long time. The Schilling is going to, I think, see the same effect. If he doesn't get in this year, I think next year he's just dead because people know what a piece of trash he is. And, you know, I'm sorry for those of you who voted mm-hmm. for him who can, or who can still continue, even more so than me. And I think I'm trying to be a real purist about just the numbers. Uh, I couldn't even do it for him. And I know some of you out there voting saying, hey, listen, no, it's just what he did on the field and the fact that he's, you know, a Nazi or whatever. I can put that to the side. And all right, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's a free vote. Uh, he's not going to make it in the Southside Sox Hall of Fame. I can say that with some confidence. And whether the baseball writers do end up honoring him, and some people are like, oh, man, I can't believe I sent him my ballot. And I know there have to be guys who are like, oh, shoot. Did I, they're checking their notes. Did I check his name? God, I checked his name. And then he supports freaking, you know, whatever. But, uh, okay, well, all right, those are two. For those guys. All right. And uh, <laughs> now let's flip it. Crystal, let's flip it. Let's let the sunshine out. Looks bright where you're at. Let's uh, see a sunrise. Let's talk about maybe, in your mind, who's who maybe the best pure candidate is. A guy who really hasn't been touched by, you know, any accusations of this, that, or the other thing. There are, there are actually a couple on this ballot. Yeah, there are a few. And even, even if they're not complete completely pure I still would vote for some of them um I guess well I'm trying to think um Bobby Abreu I don't Mm -hmm. hate him I don't have any issues with him he would make my ballot um Andrew Jones who else did I want to Scott Scott Rowland is a guy I think who might even be the best of him yeah um there are a few and I Again, I know I, I said what I said about, you know, steroid use. I would still put um, Gary Sheffield in, absolutely Barry Bonds, Robert Clem, Robert Clem, I can't <laughs> today. I'm struggling. Um, and Roger Clemens, like, they are mostly pure, except for the last three I said. Um, I, I Of course, I want Mark to go on there. He's pure. He's, you know as the kids say these days, an unproblematic king. So (laughs) (laughs) I put him up there. Um, But yeah, I think, I I think Bobby Brayu, Andrew Jones, they are both deserving. Scott Rowland is really deserving. Billy Wagner, even, I think um, I'd put him in there too. They're all kind of pure little baseball angels that are deserving of it. Yeah. And I think all those guys are safe, safe on the ballot. Um, Brayu may be the, the, the least, so, but, uh, you know, the, the process of how writers, this is incredible to say, but how the process of baseball writers discovering these players and their legitimacy and some of the momentum, you know, Tim Raines is the one that really uh, stands out to me as a guy who actually was championed by what turned out to be a very problematic sports writer in mm-hmm. Montreal. But, um, you know, the point is the, the truth gets out about guys for better or worse, um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it seems like Scott Rowland's got some real momentum this year. Maybe he's taken a similar track, maybe even a quicker track than, than Larry Walker did. 
Um, Bobby Abreu is a guy you could see maybe even getting some some traction. Um, so you know it, it's nice to know that that some of the good guys hopefully will get the attention they should, and some of the people we have to maybe swallow hard. I don't, I don't blame you for stumbling on Roger Clemens' name because it's sort of hard for me to say that I'm a, I'm a full throated supporter of him as well. But I mean the truth is okay. You know as it turns out it seems like our ballots would be pretty similar. This was not planned, yeah. but uh, you know that. That there are guys that you know some of their their work on the field is unimpeachable. If um, if Omar Vizquel was twice the player he was, it would be harder. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'd still support him, but it would be harder. Kirk Schilling's a guy who obviously, you know, took it right off the cliff. But I mean, you know, again, up until just this year, I've been supporting him, and there were plenty of reasons not to before this to not support Kirk Schilling. You mentioned Billy Wagner, Crystal, and uh, this is another interesting topic to me because unlike the baseball writers, Southside Sox never inducted, still has not inducted Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman's still on the outside of our hall looking <laughs> in, which to me, because of my bias, would indicate a much brighter electorate with Southside Sox than the baseball writers. Of course, we all know that. But that said, the closer issue is an interesting one. A number of them are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, obviously, Mariano Rivero is, is the most high-profile recent, which is just last year, the, the yeah. year before. Um, and he was, is he the unanimous guy? I mean, whatever it was is embarrassing because there's no, I have no plan it should, bless you, Mariano Rivera, you should not be a unanimous Hall of Fame choice. But where do you fall in terms of closers? Because they play a, a relatively small role. They play an overhyped role on the field, an important one. But uh, and when it comes to the numbers, uh, they don't measure up. Uh, but, of course, there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of importance put to them. And a guy like Trevor Hoffman has had years and years and years. very hard for a closer to be an effective closer. So Bobby Jenks, you see with a number of people who just, they do flame out, even if they, five years is considered a long career for a closer. Um, mm-hmm. So you can tip your cap to a guy like Trevor Hoffman, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's in the Hall of Fame. How do you feel about closers generally when it comes to their candidacy? I'm of the opinion that I really think if you played, you know, professionally and you did a great job, you still deserve it no matter what position you were in. So closers, maybe they're a little overrated, but at the same time, they can be essential. Um, so I think, I think they deserve it. I think he would deserve it. He, he was great. Um, he did his job. So I don't think any position is less special when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I think everyone should kind of have an equal shot at whether they can get in or not. See, we oh. found we found a difference. We found a difference in our ballot. So we did, <laughs> I didn't just pick the most matchy-matchy person to be on this Hall of Fame podcast. Yeah, no, and I get it. it and it's, it's legit to go position by position. It's like saying, you know, I can only play the teams on my schedule. You know, don't complain about how lame the AL Central is. It's the division I'm in. It's, it's my schedule. What are you going to do? And you know, I can see that relative to closers, these guys were talking about Trevor Hoffman or even Billy Wagner. Obviously, we're the best of the best. And they have a legitimate spot on the ballot. They have legitimate reason for support, for sure. Uh, I happen to fall on the side that says, no, I still just don't see it. Uh, In the same way, I would see maybe a pure, a more or less pure designated here, like Harold Baines not having a legitimate case for the Hall of Fame, but relative perhaps to designated hitters. Well, of course, David Ortiz is going to have some debate next year, even though I think he probably still clears the bar even just on his own merit. People say, I didn't play the field barely maybe clears the bar with the numbers to get in, um, you know, can't support them. 
Um, but yeah, designated hitter, it's a position on the field, closer position on the field. You know, I tend to think, Hey, if you're, if you're that great, you'd be a starting pitcher, but you know, I'm just a jerk. I'm, I'm just a big mouth. <laughs> just some closer. Sorry, Trevor. Sorry, Billy. Sorry, Bruce Suter. Sorry, Goose Gossage. But you know, uh, and that's what makes this stuff fun really is, is these are names on the ballot. These are guys who played years and have, they've earned their spot on the ballot, at least for that one year. And guys like Billy Wagner do have support. I think their support, his support, I think is is leaping up, and he may have a legitimate path to the Hall of Fame because right now he's the closer candidate. There isn't anybody yeah. else that helps too. You know, if there are five shortstops, a little, little more difficult. Uh, so you know, all right, we found we found an area in which we differ, <laughs> Crystal, and I'm sure a lot of you out there also do have some oh. quibbles with the things we've said and, and our ballots, our ridiculous ballots supporting Barry Bonds or not supporting <laughs> Kurt Schilling, you know, whatever. And that's what makes this fun. So please, everybody out there, participate in this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's our sandwich Hall of Fame election. We've already had our veterans election. We are going to next week have our White Sox Hall of Fame election. That'll be, I believe, the third, fourth. I can't even keep track anymore. Probably fourth year of our White Sox Hall of Fame. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. But take the time. It's real quick. It's easy to do. Click the link. Vote for some guys. See if we get anybody in the Hall of Fame. Four minutes. Yeah. I mean, right now, it's not looking like anybody's on a trajectory for the Hall of Fame. It's sort of what I anticipated in the article because it's sort of a a dead year. And based on the support Southside Sox has had for guys like Bonds and Clemens, which is lower than the baseball writers. Uh, it didn't seem like anybody would get in. And I think Mark Burley, of all people, is going to be surprisingly strong candidate, maybe looking ahead to future elections. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's safe to say Mark Burley will survive another year on the Southside Sox ballot. And I think he will on the baseball writers as well, which is good. We need guys like that on the ballot. If nothing else, to try to neutralize all the, you know, all the jerks. Unfortunately, there are two. The the yeah, the ratio. It's not. It's not what it should be. The ratio should be zero garbage <laughs> and all like semi jerks to awesome guys. Unfortunately, right now we're like, oh, it's way too close to like one for one, and we need to clean some of that trash out. I think to feel better about future elections as we go on deeper in this decade, because you know, borderline unproblematic. Like I'm fine with all of that. Just going. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all the all the careless <laughs> cigar choppers right now are like, oh, you know, like dissing the woke podcast or whatever. But come on. I mean, this this is the world we're in. This is the way things are moving. Uh, I mean, you can catch that train or not. And you can keep shaking your tiny fist, you know, and, and vote for Bob Ryan voted for like Jeff Kent or something only. Like, I mean, you I know, yeah. why don't you just like. I hope he stapled his resignation from the BBBWWAA because you, you have no place there. The Phil Rogers out of Chicago had some clown ass ballot too as well. I mean, that's not news and, and neither is Bob Ryan, but I mean, these are the people voting and it's not, we're not talking about 50,000 people. We're talking about like, there's like five, 600 people. It's not a lot of people. We might get more votes for our thing than, than, than the baseball writers for God's sake. So yeah, well, I hope they uh, do sweep out some of the trash, not only on the ballot, but perhaps who are keeping guys on the ballot or elevating guys on the ballot <laughs> because uh, it's sort of a, it's, it's, it's maybe been worse, but it's, this is sort of a frightening bet. I am uh, maybe hasn't been worse because the Sheeling and Vescal really, oh man, soured, soured this ticket, soured this ballot pretty it bad. Did. It made a weak ballot just 
awful, in my opinion. I appreciate but. you swallowing hard and having the stomach to get through that ballot and then to talk <laughs> about it for a half hour or so. With me. so I really do appreciate you taking the time doing this. Uh, we will probably have a podcast to follow up on the election, which will probably be a podcast about nothing because there probably will be no candidates. And uh, perhaps Chris will hop on with me for that as well. But we'll definitely be doing something like that at the end of the week. Our results will, of course, because ours, our ballot in our election is smarter than the baseball writers, of course it's going to come out before theirs next Monday. Ours will be out on Friday. And again, it probably will just, the headline will probably just be zero because it doesn't look like anybody's going to make it. But it'll be interesting to see the trends. Guys like Clemens and Bonds had lost support from last election to, to the, or two ago to, to last one. So we'll see where the trends are with some of these guys. Uh, beyond Mark Burley being an incredibly strong candidate, it'll make us a laughing stock if we actually elect him in his first year. So we're probably not going to do that, but he's yeah. definitely safe for another year. And we'll see who else moves up. You know, maybe the Billy Wagners of the world, Bobby uh, Abreu's do. Uh, and and hopefully guys like Omar Vizquel. Not like I'm trying to put my finger on the scale here, guys. Vote for who you want to, but some of these guys need to fall off. And Schilling, he's gone. He's gone very soon and that'll make for a much lighter and happier ballot so we we have cast our votes and we are putting the pressure on all of you uh, i will come for you all right. vote for omar like don't i will you know come at me bro kind of thing i'm not afraid i have too many reply guys in my dms because i criticize free agents so i'm not afraid of anyone anymore don't make crystal come into the comment section and start wreaking havoc don't make I it am not nice Ask my husband. I am so mean to reply, guys. I have so many memes saved when right. I come at you. Good cop, bad cop. There we go. All right. It'll work. All right. We'll have another podcast at the end of the week. We've got our election results coming out Friday. So vote before then. Uh, thanks for hopping on, Crystal. This was a lot of fun and informative. And we found commonalities and a couple differences, which is what this is all supposed to be about. Great minds. So appreciate the time. Thanks, everybody, for reading, uh, for listening, for even watching. And uh, if you haven't vote, voted, get out there and vote. Uh, you've got another one next week as well. So just get in the habit of it. Get out and vote. Make our uh, Hall of Fame election even more legit than it is already. And uh, we'll be back with another podcast, I'm sure, end of the week. And uh, keep on reading and keep on listening. <laughs>